<laughs> What's happening, weirdos? Ooh, sultry, smoky, Ooh, a little sensual. Breathy. breathy. Why is breathy sexy? It's like, oh, I'm out of breath. <laughs> I think it's just because you're like flooded with blood. I was yeah, thinking about this yesterday. Like, oh, oh, I can barely speak. Oh, I'm ovulating. <laughs> yeah, I'm ovulating. I'm heavy with eggs. <laughs> Oh God. So gross. Uh, not gross. Beautiful. 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 Beautiful um, eggs, beautiful, everybody. Beautiful, egg, be- beautiful heavy eggs. Oh, the, God. The best heavy eggs. Ovulating. Trump talking about ovulation is just. I can't really picture him saying. Horrifying. Was she ovulating? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm it. sure he doesn't even know that word. I, could be. Could be. Could be. Uh, well, beautiful eggs. Um, <laughs> September 8th is the next Living at Largo. Go to Largo-LA.com for more. This is We Made It Weird number 102. It's awesome. I'm so glad that we fucking <laughs> recorded it. I'm also going to be doing a tour. So go to PeteHolmes.com and you'll see all the tour dates. I'll try and remember Portland, Seattle, North Chicago, Carolina, Chicago, Boston, Boston. New Jersey, uh, San, San Francisco, Francisco. Beautiful, beautiful, eggs. beautiful eggs in San Francisco. <laughs> uh, go to PeteHolmes.com. It's the, we're calling the tour "Where Were We?" because it was the interrupted tour of 2020. Get it? <laughs> Don't love that. <laughs> sorry. Didn't didn't love that. I'm, I'm just sorry. Kidding. It's cute. 100 great name. Uh, so go to PeteHolmes.com for tickets, and um, hope to see you out. And um, here are the Pete's picks. If you like the show. Give a Pete's Pick a try. Katie, roll them. Only one Pete's Pick to mention up top here, and it's my friends at Magic Mind. Magic Mind, I think if I were to say the one product that's changed my life in the biggest way uh, in, in such a small bottle, it would be Magic Mind, for sure. It has changed my relationship to work, to productivity, and to my brain. Magic Mind is not an energy drink. It is a productivity drink. In fact, it's the world's first productivity drink. It's a magical elixir that makes you focus better on your work, be more creative, and drink less coffee. It has adaptogens in it, which round out the edges. If you take this with your coffee, it rounds out the edges and sort of smooths out the caffeine, not making you so jolty, but giving you energy and rounding out the energy you're getting from your coffee as well. Magic Mind on its own has about 35 milligrams of caffeine, uh, which comes from matcha, which as you know, matcha is a nice rounded, even caffeine. So it's not like a wired drink. It's a dialed in drink. I take it before I go on stage, before I write, before I work, before I have to answer emails. It gives you about five to seven hours of flow state. And I find it incredibly mood elevating, not just energy, but like feeling like your brain has shown up. (laughs) Uh, So it's not just like, oh, wake up and shock yourself back to life with thousands of milligrams of caffeine. It's not that. It's productivity in a bottle. Uh, This is one line I like. They say creators have creatorade. Like athletes have Gatorade. This is creatorade. It is the creator's best friend, helps fight off procrastination, brain fog, fatigue, and some symptoms of ADD, getting you into that flow state. After three to seven days of continuous use, it's even easier to get into that flow state. And with a money-back guarantee, any first purchase will be refunded. No questions asked if it doesn't meet your expectations. And I actually have an offer for uh, weirdos at, from our friends at Magic Mind. All you have to do is go to www.magicmind.co 
Who has time for the full com? Magicmind.co slash weird and use discount code weird to get 20% off. That's a limited 20% off your first order. Val swears by it. I swear by it. I keep it in my travel bag. I keep some in my car. Anytime I'm doing something where I need to get into that flow state and just focus, but also feel that elation and that happiness. Honestly, this like mood elevation that helps me ease into what I'm doing. I swear, swear, swear by Magic Mind. It is a true Pete's pick. I reached out to them uh, after I was using them for weeks, and now we have the promo code. So I hope you like it as much as I do. And if you want to give it a try and support the show, magicmind.co slash weird and weird at checkout. All right, mother... Let's get to the episode... <laughs> Valerie, get into it. Primo seat. Val takes the the primo seat because I am the queen. Do we finish each other's sandwiches? Podcasting, check it and see. Welcome to Made It Weird We. That's a such a, that's, that's such a me joke. joke. I'm becoming you. Made it weird. We. No, that's just a good joke. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know, it's funny. Since uh, last week and my my bad my bad set in Vegas, like we just went to a gym. I, I guess you'd call it a gym. Yeah, it's a gym. <laughs> I don't know if, if that ain't it. a gym. I don't know what is. <laughs> yeah, but it seems like a club. It seems like a club. The club. Like we ran into our friend there and he was like, you know, you kind of have to get over the Caddyshack vibes. They're sort of like a... Which is so we're funny. Club. It's not a fancy club, but it's not just a gym. Anyway, the woman was <laughs> interviewing us or whatever you call it, explaining the guy. Giving us a tour of the gym. <laughs> okay, let's try it one more time. We went to a gym tour. the attitude. <laughs> The gym tour. Yeah, we went on a tour of a club. Uh huh. There but were gyms. It was more of a gym than this like a country is the club. First fight we've <laughs> ever had, and I'm so glad we're recording it because it wasn't a gym. It, it was, was an a- athletic club. Yeah. Okay. It was an athletic club, and <laughs> it wasn't a country club. I was sitting there, and I realized that, like, my confidence. Like, she was like, "What do you do?" And I realized only after the fact that she was asking us to know what, because there are different plans. There's one where it's like, yeah. you only use it at night. That would be great if you were had working early. And, yeah. yeah, exactly. And then there's one where you're only in the middle of the day. And that's, I guess, if you work at nights. Yeah. So she wanted to know what we did. And I was like, I, like we talked about last week, I'm trying instead of saying I'm a writer, which is mm-hmm. what I usually say. Mm-hmm. I said, I'm a comedian. And yeah, I said, noticed. Yeah, right. This mm-hmm. is the new thing. Yeah. I'm owning what's good. Yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed of to say 10 year old Pete thinks this is really cool. Let's keep him alive. Yeah. Let's slip him some animal crackers and a commie book. <laughs> a commie. Uh, yeah. For communists and a flashlight. <laughs> anyway. I've noticed that since that bomb in Vegas, I've been a little bit like, oh, like I need to win it back. Mm. I need, I, I'm going to do a set on Friday because mm-hmm. I'm like, I just, I have to you... remember. Stand up is one of the only few, one of the only few things that like, <laughs> if you suck at it, mm-hmm. you, part of your body just kind of thinks you suck at it until you do well again. Sure. Yeah. I well, think that makes it. sense. But also I think you've had a great set since that. I have? Yeah, at the comedy store. Where that was before it. 
It was? Yeah. Oh, time. Time, oh. you fickle, twisting <laughs> mistress. Um, yeah. Did you ever read comic books under the blanket with a flashlight? No, that's such a cute thing. Did you? No, my br- no. I was going to go into a porn story, but I, we don't need. We've that. had plenty of those. I yeah, did the, the only. <laughs> if, if I feel like we don't need that, that means we really don't need that today. I don't know if I've ever. Well, I do remember trying to get into Archie and Jughead. Is that what they're called? Can I please <laughs> just say to you that I too remember seeing Archie and Jughead and just being like. This looks like a fun town. There's there's yeah. a guy with a little crown hat and they eat hamburgers all the time. And I think there's like a Ross Rachel thing going on with the blonde one yeah. and the redhead one. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I just keep going for hours. <laughs> like I know everything. I'm like, Pete, I think you did enjoy Archie <laughs> and Jughead. But like there are a lot of things in life, and I'm glad you brought this up, that are just things that you know mean something to others yeah. That you just could never get your hooks into. Yes. Archie and Jughead is a great start. I already have my second one, but you finish your Archie Jughead. Well, I, I think... You're going to love my second one. You know what's interesting <laughs> is there were plenty of things that are legitimately cool um, that I pretended or that I even convinced myself that I liked because my older brother liked them. Well, we all knew you were going to say that. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I'm I sorry. Just, I wanted you to feel seen. Like you have um, an older brother. Yeah. And I also had an older brother. And I'm sure there were things that I tried to like because he liked them. But so so some of the cooler things I'm say it, the Beastie were... Boys. I'm going to say it. <laughs> I know I'm supposed to love the Beastie Boys. I'm not throwing on girls. Girls. Yeah, you know that song? Girls. Doesn't it just do that? There's a lot of... Don't I don't know wrong. the Beastie Boys either. Do you put on Intergalactic Planetary or whatever. These are, <laughs> there's some great songs, but I definitely was pretending to be like, whoa, this is amazing yeah. for some of it. Some of it is legit amazing. I know some of you are filled with fury right now. I definitely pretended at one point to like the Beastie Boys, but it wasn't because of my brother. Because even my brother, I think, was a little too young for that. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, my um, brother's... 78. <laughs> yeah, he's Jacob. very, very old man. Very old man. Uh, but I, I pretended to like the Dave, <laughs> um, the Dave Matthews band for sure. I feel and like, like, what percentage of the Dave Matthews band audience? I think it was like 30. Was people? There were a lot of guys going like, look at the tiny symbols. Well, and, like and the, the, the the like sitar. So I specifically there was one live show DVD or something. Oh, you've talked about this before. I have. Yeah. Then it was just like. So so many instruments and I just, my brother was, you know, probably 16 or 17 and he's a musician. So like he had to sort of like, like, I think he was trying to also like it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying. And that brings us back to Archie and Jughead. There are a lot of things that I really made myself like because Derek liked it. And I thought that was cool. And then later I kind of upon reflection realized he was also making himself like that. Sure. And I wish we could have just been like, let's just just lay down our arms. Even if it's dumb. Because my brother really, I think boys maybe have this a little bit more. He really had the thing of like, I can't like what everybody else likes. And I have to find weird, obscure things that nobody knows about. And those are the things I can like. That's not, I, in my experience, that was not all boys. We wanted, we wanted to 
tribe up and like the mm. same things. I think Public yeah. Enemy was another one that I mm. sort. When I say I sort of pretended to like, I just mean like once my own taste developed more, yeah. I realized that those were starter kits for being interested. Yeah. You know what? I, my second one was Gumby, by the way. Oh, Gumby. Gumby. Yeah. <laughs> Gumby's a great like, one. Who does this? I'd, <laughs> I'd actually love to meet. I would love to meet a huge Gumby fan. <laughs> a, gum, who, a gum head? A gum head. <laughs> Not a jughead, a gum. I want to meet somebody that is just like something about it. Yeah. The closest I, think my I can get. brother did like Gumby. I just can't believe that. Yeah, but also I Also, just claymation as a whole just, just doesn't. Yeah. I think some people see it and they're like, this is like, like art. They're yeah. like, that style of art works for me. I'm not saying I don't like claymation, but like, I often feel like I should like it more for how hard it was. Well, that, <laughs> it actually does stress me out how hard it is. Like, I have to not think about oh, yeah. the tiny, if I think about somebody moving a hand and then taking or a an thing eyelid. and then moving it, I can't, I like it will, it makes Your gym, my, the eyelid guy. Yeah. It makes like the area between my skin and my muscle itch. <laughs> That's I think what that it was feels really like. well put. That's exactly what it feels like. I'm just like, Ugh, <laughs> I love that. I think that's fantastic. I'm, here's what I was going to say was, so we, we moved uh, to OI and we're really loving it. And we went to this coffee shop today. I was sitting there and I was in a very good mood. We had just dropped Leela off and we were happy and meaning she was happy. And uh, we're sitting in this coffee shop and I, and I was just looking around and there was just so much intention and care mm. going into everything. The people, the coffee, mm-hmm. and, and this is the, the topic that you just made me think of. Like, I kind of want to want things. I want to like things. Yeah. But oftentimes I'm not met. So when you meet something like, this is what the coffee shop today made me think of. It's kind of absurd. But like the aesthetic of things like The Hobbit or even Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Things that the attention to detail is so intense yeah. I know I just said I don't like claymation, but I love stop motion. Fantastic Mr. Fox. Cause that's just, I mean, who, who don't like that? That's a perfect, but those, that feeling when you're in your enthusiasm is not only met, but exceeded by the person creating the thing that you're enthusiastic mm, for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you, when I was young, you're going into all these different rooms. You go into the Beastie Boys room. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying I didn't love it, but sometimes you go into a certain place. For me, it was Lord of the Rings. And I was like, the way the elvish like bedposts are infinite carved like strands of golden hair or whatever. Yeah, It's when those two things line up. We were talking about yeah. uh, Only Murders in the Building. I know I've, I've sort of teased certain elements of it in the past, but I think it's a great show. And we were talking about how there are just vibe shows yeah and now that we're more tired than we've ever been mm-hmm. at night i find myself not following plots yeah you and your mom were here and they were like wait who is michael rapaport and i was like I heard, the feeling was i already have a job like i'm not following this yeah we just met a writer for only murders and they were saying that they're aware that mm. there's people that just watch the show for vibe. Yeah. And that there are whole shows that are just vibe shows. Yeah. Mad Men Mad is Men, a vibe show. I mean, it had great like content too, for but it sure, was but for sure a vibe. Everyone knows I've seen every episode six, seven times. It's crazy. Yeah. But every time I rewatch it and I've I've sworn it off because it's it's a bit much. Mm. I don't want Saint Peter. I'm just kidding. But like I don't mm. want to be in heaven and then be like, you know, it's 18 days of your life we're watching Mad Men. <laughs> yeah. Like you could have done a lot with those 18 days. Yeah. Yeah. Reconciled. 
with your family. <laughs> but no, those 18 were spoken for. But every time I have rewatched it, I'm surprised. I'm like, oh, yeah, he doesn't get the job. It's because I'm just watching for the cigarettes and the booze yeah. and, the, and the suits. Downton Abbey's that way too. And Bridgerton, like a lot of period pieces are, you're like, I just want to enter a beautiful world yeah. and just hang out there. For sure. But I, I still am not very good at allowing myself to not follow something. I get really upset if I don't understand what's going on. That was my bit. Remember, I was like, I know I'm 40 because, and this really happened around 40 that if I miss something on TV, I used to rewind it. And now I just go, what could it be? Yeah. What could it have been? And honestly, that's been pretty true. But this is why Leela, when she's a teenager, will make fun of me. Mm. That like, I just can't remember the difference between this and this and that mm. and that. And I don't seem that like into stuff. Her brain is so, uh, I, I don't, Absorbent. obviously I'm not making fun of her, but it's, I was going to say spacious. There's just mm. so many shelves in her room. Yeah. And for me, I feel like I have to move the names of all these characters from Northern exposure <laughs> to like put in the names. I also was talking to our friend where I was like, it's getting to a point in my forties where I'll watch one show and then I start watching another show, something that was never Maybe not never, but it wasn't normal. Right. Like when TV was invented, you weren't supposed to watch Murder, She Wrote, and then immediately jump into like... Matlock. Matlock. Exactly. (laughs) But we like shows like of a certain storytelling style, Mm -hmm. and I'll be watching one, and then I'll swap to another... And I, I'm like watching Severance and waiting for Steve Martin to come in. Yeah. Like it feels like insanity. It also And if he happens... did, I'd be kind of like, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like when you're playing with action figures as a kid and G.I. Joe makes their way into He-Man. Yeah, I'm yeah. sort of waiting for that crossover to happen. Yeah. Which they used to do in the 90s. Remember Crossovers? they would do... Yeah. And it would always be like some portal or something. I love that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I will do that with real life, which feels like pure insanity. Like during when we were watching this last season of, um, only murders, there's like a, this isn't a giveaway, but there's a matchbook with the blood thumbprint on it that's involved. And then Selena Gomez loses that. And so then like the next day I was with my mom in the kitchen and I saw a matchbook and I was like, weren't we looking for one of these? Wow. I I want to applaud and celebrate. I think that's one of those things like we're all a little bit more confused than we let on. Yeah. And that really felt real to me. I it's am like when so... we were watching the wonder years, how uh, Kevin Arnold gets mad at his mom. And it's because in his, in his heart, he's feeling in love with Winnie, but he's also feeling sad that someone just died. Yeah. And that tension erupts and he just kind of blows up at his mom for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's good art. And what you just said is good art in the sense that it's like, these things that are happening almost constantly to us that we're just not discussing. Yeah. I was, in, I was swimming today and I thought, I was thinking about like when you die, if there there's just like a tour and they explain earth, <laughs> mm-hmm. like let's say an angel's walking around and just explains everything really quickly. And they're mm-hmm. like, well, well, what about art? And I'm like, the angel goes, well, art is what highly sensitive people make to let everyone else know what life is like for them. <laughs> oh my God. 
That's oh, exactly what it is. That is exactly what it is. Isn't that what it is? That's so what it is. It's the urge for people that are feeling and experiencing and cringing and laughing. Every, it's just so much Yeah. that it has to be, I don't mean and to say excreted like it should, but it has to be passed through them. But also to have other highly sensitive people be like, yes, that's right. Oh my God. Isn't that like, it's so overwhelming, right. you know, to like hear your neighbors has... playing music. <laughs> yeah. For me, for sure. <laughs> yeah. But that, that, that is, uh, that's why I'm always sort of on, not, not on the side and we don't have to get all into this, but like watching dark or strange what was that sound? <laughs> that was an inside burp, I think, from you. I want to be clear. Like, that was not me. It was like some, like the enemy in a war threw a burp into our <sighs> camp, but then my organs <laughs> there, jumped on it. <laughs> you know what? This is an important topic. There are inside burps and inside farts, and nobody's talking about them. Okay, welcome <laughs> to art. That's what we're saying. Like, and we uh, also ignore them. Yeah. Because they're odorless. Because they're inside. They're and, inside. Uh, and we're uh, all just sort of grossed out. Organs are, so, I don't want to freak anybody out, but they're so close together. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're all oh just sort of my like gosh. stacked in there. The when liver is just I was permanently never, on a chaise lounge called our stomach. I was never more aware of my organs than when I was like eight months pregnant. And you really, what they don't tell you is. I can't even handle I think I'm you, freaking myself out. If you have, this is going to freak you guys out. So if you have a weird organ thing, just skip, hit that 15 second button. Um, they're, you're, they don't tell you that like, if you have, if you marry, if you're a small woman and you marry a giant man and you ha- get yeah. pregnant with his baby uh-huh. and she's enormously long. Um, there's no space for your organs. So yeah, those are going right. to get pushed up into your ribs and your bones. Your organs have to fuck off to an Airbnb for <laughs> 10 months. They do. And they live on the fringe of town. Yes. While a bait. Yeah, dude. And so I was, and now it's so funny because I can't, because I don't feel that constant discomfort. I can't even really, it's hard to get in touch with the part of me that loved this. But there was a video, like an animated video. Um, if you search, because I think I must have searched, what happens to your organs? I can't. Like after labor. It's like Pangea. Yeah, it really was. <laughs> and so, and then there was this animated video that I was obsessed with when? watching when I was pregnant. You liked it? I loved it because I felt so cramped. And the animated video showed the baby in the belly, the cramped organs. And then the baby coming out and the organs like falling down and like there was like a bounce to it. Of course, if you're animating that, you got to add like a boom. And it felt like, oh, like you just, just couldn't wait for that. Yes. It's like like I was like videos of people taking big poops. It kind of <laughs> is like it, it was wow. just if you have been constipated for nine months. <laughs> It's just remarkable that you can do that for 10 months, that everything can move. Yeah. It's like turning your house into a boat for 10 months. For 10 months. And you <laughs> really... Like, if it can do that, shouldn't we be able to like keep something else? <laughs> well, I mean? yeah. You're allowed one carry-on, one pregnant belly. <laughs> it really is... There were so many things that make perfect sense that nobody else that had told me, which is also like... It's also incredibly uncomfortable to have your body ignore all of your needs because it's trying to 
meet the needs of somebody else in your body. And isn't that funny how you were just talking about how like water is beautiful to us. Green grass, living trees is, are beautiful to us. And it's just so mm-hmm. interesting to consider that like evolutionary programming in your beauty preferences. Yeah. You know what I mean? Is that yeah. like water means you can live there. Trees being alive means there's food there. But we just think they're beautiful. Yeah. So you're not really over intellectualizing that. And mm-hmm. how, why did I think of that? You just said because... Uh, the like... Ev- oh, and also our concept of love... Mm-hmm. is sort of an extension of childbirth. Right. I know this is, by the way, please don't think I'm the first one that thought of this, but it's just yeah. really interesting that we go around even imagining God to be a nurturing this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's not based on nothing. It's based on these. So Alan Watts, I, I know you know, I love this. Everybody thinks like the materialist says we're just tubes we're just mm-hmm. tubes we put in this end, it comes out that end, and we go around and reproduce. But there's like a not discussed enough compa- selfless compassion mm-hmm. built in. And I know you could say it's just to coldly reproduce, but get real. Like yeah. the, the reproduction thing, like the immortality of having children does nothing to you dying. What like a sense of satisfaction, like my line goes on. Like, yeah. I don't really fully buy into the idea that it's like, it's just hard mechanics. It seems like a big clue mm. that the body does something loving. Like it starts prioritizing something else over itself. Yeah. Is the definition, is a definition for love. Yeah. And it's modeled for us. Over and over and over and over. And that, that changes how we think about love. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, and I understand like the argument to be like, you know, you just are an animal who doesn't want that animal to become, you know, doesn't want their species to become extinct. So you need to procreate. So then all these systems are put into place. You feel sexual desire, you feel love and attachment. Then you have a baby that looks like you and then you love so that you will nurture it. And I, I guess what I feel about that is like, yeah, yeah. And that's like loving and magical and beautiful. But it also could have been the other way. Like that whole presumed like a foregone conclusion like of course beings want to survive of course beings want to reproduce and protect their young and have them continue like even the not fully articulated in your mind belief that existence is good and should be continued yeah is it like it's it's a question worth saying like why right like i think this is why we're interested in um lemmings that like jump off cliffs. i know they don't jump off cliffs unless one of them goes off a cliff and everyone's following it yeah they're not like truly suicidal but it's like it's it's i already said it it's just not discussed enough that roses want more roses right is fucking nuts yeah and like no one's talking about it Mm -hmm. and then like the roses become beautiful and smell a certain way to attract bees so their pollen can stick to the bee and Mm -hmm. spread all of their genes everything you and i are part of the same system that we've talked about before which is just like this endless yearning this moving forward this more 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 i've noticed lila 
always wants more, more. Mm. Not just because she's a kid. It's just like in her. Mm -hmm. I know we've talked about Sadhguru talks about like, Sadhguru talks about like, if you had the whole world, if you owned the whole world, would it be enough? Or would you start looking at the planets? You'd start Mm -hmm. looking at the other. And we already are. We're already going. We are doing Elon Musk is, I already have robotic dog brings me tiny decaf espresso. Not his voice. And he's like, now, now I want my dick in Mars. You know what I mean? I want to take my dick to Mars. I, I want to take my dick to Mars and cover it in the red clay. <laughs> cover my dick and my balls in the red clay. That, and, and he basically wants to pee the, the name Elon into the snow of Mars. The, yeah. the, red, the red powder. Yeah. He goes, look, I finally did it. And like... There's a clue there too, is not only is there a yearning, but it's in, it's literally insatiable. Yeah. And if you lived forever, you would like vampires in vampire lore live for thousands of years and they just have Mm -hmm. a castle and they get the best real estate and they take many lovers and they Mm -hmm. learn dances. Mm -hmm. They they should all learn a lot of card tricks. (laughs) (laughs) But really they would be insane people that would constantly be wanting more right if you lived forever you would band together with the other ones that live forever and figure out how to dominate not just i'm not just talking about like evil Mm. but like more and more and more and more and more like having your own private island not enough i now i need the whole continent now i need the whole planet now i need the galaxy it's interesting that that is well it is a rose too a rose is also like there's nothing in the rose that says Okay, 50 roses would be good. It just goes all of it. Yeah. The whole planet to a rose should be roses. Yeah. Isn't that Rose and rose of roses. Rose and rose of roses, <laughs> Rose. I'm talking to a woman named Rose. But that's a clue. And, and mm. that the body will do something selfless to, to have more life, more. Yeah. And, and a baby is so much more curious mm. and alive and interested and engaged than we are. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I would anthropomorphize the universe and say that the universe loves being into itself. Mm-hmm. And now we're back to what we were talking about at the beginning, mm-hmm. wanting to like Archie and Jughead. We mm. want to want. Mm. And it feels good to want. Yeah, that's so... I loved all of that. I loved every minute oh, of that. We're not, we're not recording. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay, let's try. Archie, you... <laughs> that would be so sad. That would be very sad. I just, I'd be like, no episode this week. <laughs> and I, I've actually, you know... Uh, in Buddhism, obviously Buddhism is like most known for non-attachment. And I've heard Jack Cornfield explain desire similarly, which is like, hey, guess what? That's the nature of the entire existence. Like that's the nature of the game here is desire. The, well, the universe is desiring itself. And the universe and the, is desire. And that's it is desire. That's what teach yeah. So, so like you're, you're going to want things and, and you're going to be attached to things and it's not bad. It's just this, like not even being fully attached to d- your desire, mm. meaning don't identify with it. The, the wants will come and you can even enjoy them. Mm-hmm. My attachment to you is here and I can enjoy it. But if I identify with it, meaning like that is 
the beginning and end of Valerie, which admittedly I kind of do, then, um, that's where the suffering comes. So there's, it's like such, so much nuance, Mm. so much more nuance to non-attachment than, and maybe there's some Buddhists that are like, no, it's not nuanced. Don't be attached. Like, let it go. But at least the like heart space sort of Buddhists that I learn from are like, give yourself a break. That's how you got here. That's the whole nature of everything. And I would even, I wouldn't be the first to suggest that like the desire for desirelessness or the desire for non-attachment, and I'm not putting it down. I think those mm-hmm. are great. And they're, they're just trying to build a time bomb that when you get rid of your desire for everything, it explodes in the last desire that leaves is the desire for desirelessness. Right. Ooh, Ooh spooky. New sound. new sound from the house. The air conditioning just kicked on in the door and made kind of a jumble gia. <laughs> um, but so I, when people sometimes say that, they're like, well, are you just, like they're trying to poke holes. Yeah. I'm actually saying they're working within the system. Mm. And this is what James, I know James Bashar has been coming up a lot lately, but he talks about in Vedanta and the way his teacher teaches it is to try and get aligned, have your addictions or your desires mm-hmm. be life serving. Yeah. Because... What's interesting is so many of them are hijacked by the Cheez-It people. Yes. And I pick Cheez-Its on purpose. I'll fuck somebody up for some cheese. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But like, I love Cheez-Its. Yeah. I'll never buy them. Oh, no. The greasy bag. Oh, so good. And I like to bite them into fours. <laughs> I'm fucking, I'm a food addict. Cause like you, this is like pornography to me. It's just like it immediately, I can't remember what I was saying. I've never had them, but I see the box for big Cheez-Its oh. and I, I don't want to know how big they are, but I imagine them to be like about the size of a coaster, like, like a four bites, like one, two, three, like four big bites. Oh. And if that existed, I would eat it. Yeah. So look, mad respect to General <laughs> Mills or whoever makes fucking Cheez-Its. But like this, this system of desire that we're in, the healthy habits, Buddhism being one of them, says mm-hmm. like, let's use desire to achieve liberation. Yeah. Because you don't just want to be on hedonic treadmill constantly chasing, 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 never arriving. So let's use desire for a noble cause much more down to earth. Um, I've been, this is so silly. It's like working in that you've read a book, but like <laughs> I've been exercising lately cause I, I just, I was feeling not great mm-hmm. and you have a Peloton. A Peloton. Am I saying that right? Peloton. Peloton. <laughs> and I got on your Peloton. I had never <laughs> used it before. Even though it's just in my house, I was like, I'm going to be embarrassed. Somehow the, pre-recorded instructor was going to be like (laughs) 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 Ah, nice try nice try it's the mailman from cheers Mm -hmm. but um (laughs) i finally did it and i got so high from doing it mostly because i hadn't done any cardio in weeks yeah so i'm not this is not my peloton commercial i'm just saying I could have done other things. I happened to do that, but I was really sweating, really heart elevated. So you want to feel good and then linking it to something that's healthy, mm-hmm. cold plunging, exercise, eating healthy. I got myself sky high today because since I did that Peloton, I've done it every day. I'm very 
can you tell I'm an addict? But I did it today. <laughs> then I did my first cold plunge, finally got the cold plunge set up. Mm-hmm. And then I jumped in the pool and then I drank a smoothie that was like the greatest smoothie of all time. <laughs> and I've been pure electric white light ever since. Like mm. it's been, inc- it's been crazy. So that was a long way to walk to just say like one of the tricks is to go, okay, I seem to be stuck in a system that is charged with even made of desire. Yeah. So how do I at least desire connection with my family desire, mm. like train yourself to desire. Mm. And that goes back to the thing we were saying about telling people I'm a comedian, like desiring what is like yeah. I'm a comedian and I like that and that's good. And, today today is good and yeah like, this is good and reminding yourself and and conditioning yourself yeah and i would just include because this is exactly the kind of thing i would include is also just like being kind to your desires for negative things too being like yes i understand i'm not bad for wanting that like no. we we think that we're so bad for the things that we want even if we don't give them to ourselves and usually i mean this is how you get in the bad uh in a bad way with food or meaning i, I don't even want to use that word Four but by <laughs> this is yeah this is you know how how overeating or undereating can get you is that there's so much shame around the desire for it. And that shame energizes the desire. Yeah, exactly. I told you the first therapist I saw asked me, and he was absolutely right. If I had, he knew the answer. He was like, do you ever find yourself ritualizing at the Mm -hmm. time? My biggest concern was using slow ass internet to look at pictures of boobies or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, after the event, <laughs> the, oh the God, big event, the big event, the medium event, <laughs> I would erase the history and clear the cache and all mm-hmm. those things. And he was like, do you think there's like a ritual to that? Mm-hmm. And, and that, that is it. Like yeah. the shame became something that I liked a part mm-hmm. of it that I actually liked. And that only made me want to do it more yeah i might as as well have been lighting candles and banging little gongs but it was me that's it it's internet explorer it's like you have the desire and then you have the shame and then you need to comfort yourself so those two mix and you comfort yourself with more of that thing yeah and then the feeling bad about it even kind of becomes a part of it like you said and yeah, it's it's always maybe always the answer is to just like show kindness to whatever you're going through. I agree. Like any sort of f- feeling or you know confliction, confliction you have just Ethan conflict. Hunt. Ethan Hunt. <laughs> Ethan Hawk. <laughs> what was the word you just said? Confliction. Confliction. <laughs> Get out of here! You are my affliction. And my conflict. You're my confliction. <laughs> Sometimes it... Okay. Sometimes an affliction. Jenny! Jenny! Is your conflict. Jenny! Jenny! That is a you joke. That is that, me. You did a me joke. I did a you joke. That it just got You back. think he's going to say something <laughs> yeah, else? No, or it's going to be another scene. It's just him again. Why are some things funny to us? Like, I just will never, I love that you can't really know what 
I agree. is behind sense of humor. Like, why well, is that a, so fucking funny to me? I haven't said benign violation in a while, but the book, the theory about comedy is that it's a benign violation. So if I'm doing the form of a movie trailer right. and it's supposed to be something else and then it's not, <laughs> is the safe breaking of a rule yes. that delights. Yep, that's it. Tell I that to it. Vegas, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets. Crickets. All right, why don't um, we do some do we, questions? What's yeah, that? I was going to say, do you want to do the mid-rolls and do some questions? Mm, there's only one mid-roll, so we'll see you guys in 60. It's actually, I think it might even be shorter. 60 quick ones. We'll be right back. Pardon the interruption, weirdos. This episode is brought to us by DraftKings. The wait is almost over. A new football season is about to begin. Get ready for the NFL Week 1 action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. To celebrate the return of football, DraftKings is giving new customers a can't-miss offer. Bet just $5 on any football game and get $200 in free bets instantly. Want more action for opening night? Everyone can experience the thrill of DraftKings early win promotion. Get up seven, you win. Bet on any NFL team of your choice, and if your team leads by seven points at any point during the game, you get paid instantly, even if your team loses. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code WEIRD to get $200 in free bets instantly when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code WEIRD only at DraftKings Sportsbook and a Official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility. Re- <laughs> minimum age and re- eligibility restrictions apply. Uh, see our show notes for more details. Back to the show, and we're back. Could you imagine if we, for some reason, waited? We like set a timer for sixty seconds, and we waited Just that amount of time. Insane. Uh, pure insanity. Okay. Thank you guys so much for all of your questions. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Here we go. Any advice for someone who isn't a Christian anymore, but whose parents are hardcore evangelicals, how to separate from them without feeling guilty? Well, Um, your initials are K M and that's a great question. You know, man, or, I'm sorry, I'm not sure of your gender. <laughs> Cam. You know... Person. All of your pictures have two people in them. Okay, it's, <laughs> I think you're a dude. You are a dude. Um, that's a great question, but, like, what what do you think of when you hear that? Like, there's such a... There's, like, a simple answer, I suppose, or not answer. Mm-hmm. What it brings up to me is at a certain point, you just surrender... You just surrender. And by the way, I'm not even fully there yet. We've told the story many times, but when my mom was provoking my spiritual beliefs, mm-hmm. which differ from hers, yeah, which is a real heartbreaker for me, like honestly, one of the saddest and most difficult things in my life, I've mm-hmm. said this before, is that occasionally my mom uh, will read a book that I send her. I don't do that anymore, but mm-hmm. would read a book or watch a talk or listen to something at a CD that I send her of a lecture or something and she'll, she'll be there. Mm -hmm. And then the next time I talk to her, it's completely, it's completely been replaced with the old regime. Mm -hmm. So yeah, well, no, go ahead. Finish yours. I I was just going to say it's still, I do not have this figured out. Cam. 
it's a huge point of contention. And if you wanted to break me, (laughs) you would put me in a room and like have us like hash it out. Because just having someone be like, well, what about... What about hell? Hell is a monument to God's love of justice or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I would just get tense in my stomach and yeah. angry. But I don't think the answer is necessarily, and again, I don't have the answer, just avoiding it or like find the things you can talk about or whatever. Mm. I think for me, it's surrender. It's mm. going, this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. I even though it doesn't make sense to my body or my mind or anything, my heart, I'm going to say yes to it. Um, My parents are doing what they've always done. Mm -hmm. They're doing them and I'm doing me Mm -hmm. in the same way. I'm doing what I do. They're doing what they do. Mm -hmm. And behind it, nothing is really happening, Mm -hmm. but the good, nothing, Mm -hmm. the like the real ownership of the concept that it's all Leela, it's all a dance, it's all okay, your frustration is okay, your anger, your disappointment, all of that is okay. Then on the psychological level, you can say to protect yourself, Mm -hmm. you can just say like, you've taught me this, Val, being very clear, like, you know, you, I don't think this is what you're intending, but conversations like this are sort of pushing me away. Yeah. And while we might have different religious beliefs, it's still super important to me that we that we remain close and have a loving relationship. Yeah. So either let's find another way to talk about this or maybe we could just give it a rest. You yeah. know? I, I don't think you're going to change you and I, I don't want to change me and we're both on the good journey mm-hmm. and we can both trust that this journey is meaningful and mm-hmm. arcing towards a beautiful thing mm-hmm. and a completion Mm-hmm. And we can just relax and to use evangelical language, we can trust God and God's plan mm. uh, and maybe just enjoy this lunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. By well, the way, as I, I'm saying that, I'm like, I know that's not a complete picture, but that's no, what I tell myself. Well, I think that the, uh, the reason why this question is kind of hard to answer is that it so depends on who you are, who your parents are, what the dynamic is. Um, are they trying to constantly convert you? Are you trying to constantly convert them? You know, it's funny that you said you don't think the answer is avoiding it or finding the things you can talk about because I was going to say that's 100% what I do. Yeah. and But not even 100%. It I would say... And to good effect, I would say. I would say it is... the. I do avoid it and, uh, unless it kind of comes up in a way that feels safe. And luckily my parents are curious and, um, want to understand they're, they're coming from a place of wanting to understand, not of wanting to convert me. That's key. It is key. And a credit to them. And and my mom too can be that way. Yeah. And, um, and I don't really feel Like I have, and I'm really checking as I say this to make sure this is true because of that. And because my parents are, have shown that they are growing in the direction of being more open-minded. I don't really feel a strong urge to bring them with me either. I kind of feel beautiful. That's what I was trying. You kind of feel, I just, I kind of feel like I know what they're faith does for them 
And I think it's good for them. Yeah, Trey Book of Mormon, but yeah. Yeah. And I, and I know what mine does for me. And I think they know that it's good for me. Um, but we weren't always there. And, and, you know, before when it was more like my poor parents and maybe they still do, but I think that they, there definitely was a period of time where they were grappling with like, are my children going to go to hell? Mm -hmm. Um, that, that must've been so hard. And in that, in that stage of life, I was like, my method was to avoid it because I couldn't see what good would come from the struggle of like me, them kind of trying to convince me that I was and me trying to convince them that I wasn't. And like, what, what's really going to happen? It's kind of like making Facebook comments. Like, are you going to change anybody's mind here? Um, and, and it's, the stakes are so high. So the first thing I would say, I know I already said a lot, but, uh, I do think the first step is honoring the longing to want to be on the same page as your parents. Beautiful. That is, that is however many years just, old you are. Yeah. Like that's how old that desire is. Your survival depended on being on the same page as them for so long. So of course it feels really hard and unnatural to not be for both of you to not be on the same page, mm. especially when it comes to something so, uh, not detrimental. What's the word I'm thinking of? Like, so, so serious, so heavy, so Mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. Um, consequential, consequential. Thank you. Um, so I think like honoring that for both of you and knowing that that's where you're coming from and that's okay. And then from that point, making the decision, my brother does and did engage in way more conversations than I ever would of trying to explain his spirituality, which is similar to mine. Um, and he, I think must enjoy those conversations. So that works for him. No part of me enjoys that conversation. I get really stressed out. And so why I just, I I don't, and I could be convinced otherwise, I don't know why I would put myself or them through that. I think it's really hard to have that conversation honestly from both sides. Yeah. Just as much as I think my my parents or anybody's parents would just be giving giving them a line, you know, like going back, mm-hmm. r- parroting things they've been taught or really just trying their best to in real time put to reassemble the mosaic of their beliefs and their yeah. faith and their tradition. And it's just not honest. It's not fully honest. It's not even, you're not even capable of being fully honest because... It might not even be your thing. You're really, mm-hmm. really trying to explain something else to mm-hmm. somebody. You understand? Mm-hmm. But just as much as it is for them, it is for you as well. Mm-hmm. And like, if you could really melt and like have both of your hearts melt, mm-hmm. you'd, I think you would hear a lot more phrases like, I, I miss you. I, I, I love you. I want us to be together. Yeah. I miss you. I love you. I want us to be together. Yeah. I don't understand where you are and I don't even know where I am. But here I am arguing it. How did I, yeah. how did I get to this place? Yeah, oh, it's like waking, like waking up a werewolf covered in blood and chicken feathers, and you're like, I don't even know when I became a person with such a place to stand mm-hmm. that that I'll fight to the death for it. Yeah, and to me, spiritual freedom and spaciousness. I, I've told this before, but I remember saying to 
Krishna Das, who's a wonderful kirtan singer and teacher, uh, kirtan wala. But I was talking about people that like deprogram people that are in cults. Mm. And I was like, that's their job. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching it and being like, there's a documentary. I do not recommend it. But the guy was being like, you really believe that? You don't believe that? Get your fucking head out of your ass. But he was a Christian. So he's trying to like bring Ugh. them back to those beliefs right and it's just a switching the brainwashing yeah to a more culturally and parentally acceptable Mm -hmm. system of beliefs Mm -hmm. and i was like what if somebody told you like i took hanuman which is the hindu deity monkey creature Mm -hmm. not creature monkey he's a monkey I was like, what if you were deprogrammed by a cult guy? What if somebody had gotten you or got you now and was like, you don't believe a monkey picked up an island and threw it mm-hmm. because he loved God so much? Mm-hmm. That's, that's ridiculous. He, and I don't know if that was the exact example I used, but he was like, I'd be like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like he was ready to mm-hmm. drop anything and i know we could extol the virtues of holding on to your principles and always having your beliefs and knowing where you stand and having your tenants and your mission statement and your unbreakable code mm-hmm. but when I, in that moment and katie i hope i'm not misrepresenting you but i saw somebody that was like that that's not the point yeah my my inner state in this moment my ability to be wrapped like snow in the love of the universe and the yes of the universe and the, and that desire Mm -hmm. and that life of the universe and be one with it Mm -hmm. and to be one with my cult deprogrammer and to be one with the moment is more important than me being like, no, there a lot of people believe in Hanuman mm-hmm. or are debating or arguing. Mm-hmm. So I think there's an answer there too, is like yeah. compassion, tenderness, gentleness, lightness, and spaciousness, spaciousness, spaciousness yeah. is the goal more than even you maintaining your beliefs. I'm speaking for myself. Yeah. More than me being like, no, this, this is better than that. Or this just being like, and I'm talking to myself right now. Can I just lay down my arms and just like yeah. eat my mom's apple pie? And if she wants to thank Jesus for it, be like, what a beautiful lovely gesture yeah. to thank something bigger than you. Yes, absolutely. I think that's exactly my method too, where it's, it's, it's kind of like with, whenever I picture Leela getting into something that I don't, will not understand, if she's like, I'm so into coding, <laughs> you yeah. know, Ooh, I love that. or something like that, I, that I'm like not interested at all. And I always imagine, and I hope that I can, when the time comes go, Oh my gosh, tell me, what do you like about that? What do you get out of that? How does it make you feel? What do you like? Cause I can, I can understand those things. Like I can understand the desire behind the thing, mm. whatever her answers are to that. I can relate to wanting to feel that way or, you know, getting wanting validation or wanting whatever it is. Um, so I think that's how I can find my parents is like, honestly, I'm such a spiritual person and I wouldn't have been if I wasn't raised Christian. I was constantly raised with the values of believing in something bigger than me, of loving people and myself and God and of like serving other people. So those are values that we still share 
And I just kind of, I think we know now at this point to just stay in those realms right? because the, and those are fundamentals, you know? So it's just like how you go about it can be different, but isn't it nice that we have these and I can be grateful for them that they instilled those values. For sure. And the way to heaven here and now with your parents or with anybody is seldomly through the head going like, well, that checks out and I believe in determinism and I believe in free will or I believe in this and I, well, actually, I I don't think that the apocryphal gospels have a place in this argument. That's exactly it. None of it is like, I think of Jesus on the cross with the thief on the other cross and, and the way that Father Greg translates it, he goes, today with me, paradise. And I always took that to mean that they were going to go to heaven later. But I, mm. I thought he, he was inviting him into that moment, mm. literally on a cross being mm. like, can you, can you find it? Can you come with me yeah. to the paradise of this right now? Mm. I know that sounds superhuman, but. I love that. You also, that was making me remember that I did have a really great conversation with my mom the last time she visited about this stuff. And it was, um, she was just asking questions and I just received it. There's a way to receive it where you're like, you're challenging my beliefs or whatever, but it was not at all that vibe. And I just received it as like, thank you for wanting to know me, (laughs) you know? Um, and there was something else I was going to say about that. Cause I was trying to, Oh, I was like really like trying to describe the oneness to her and, and non-duality. Cause she was asking about it. And I kind of felt like I couldn't really explain it in a way that she totally understood, but she was definitely trying and I appreciated that. And then it came down to me going, you know, like, and I knew that she would relate to this. I was like, it, this stuff is like fun to think about and can sometimes make you feel more connected to God. But most of the time for me, it's not the way in. I have to just sort of let it all go and just feel the love in my heart, like feel love around me and see with my heart instead of my head. And she was like, that's her whole relationship with Jesus. So like, I guess that just was an example that I thought of, of how we find the middle ground Yes. In, in a totally well, different beliefs. Father Greg says the only strength is kindness. And Dalai Lama says kindness is my religion. And yeah. I was like, I think, and, and Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself and love God. Mm. That's it. Yeah. And I think it's St. Augustine said, love God and do what you will. It, mm. Meaning finding God in everyone and all things. These are all three things. You're not just being kind to your aunt Kate. You're being kind to God. You're being kind to yourself. Yeah. You can unpack it at that level. But we're back to what we were saying last week. Let's get some PB and J's going. <laughs> Let's get some good old fashioned full bellies, nice laughs, movie nights, fried green tomatoes on the couch. Yes. You want to do one more? I watched fried green tomatoes with my mom. Um, that's why he said that. Yes. Let me see. Um, okay. I have to decline this call that just came through. So sorry. It's all good. Do you have another one? Well, we don't, I, I feel pretty good. You feel like we're good. Okay. Well, let me see if I, I'll, I'll, I'm feeling compelled to look for one more. So maybe we should. Okay. 
Um, here we are. And we already answered that one. Here we go. I'm only clicking on ones that we already answered for some reason. Oh, I have one. Okay. This guy says, I don't, I think I shouldn't read this, but he says, how does it feel to be the Pam and Tommy big dick, big boobs couple of this modern day? Oh my God. Uh, (laughs) Um, It feels pretty good. (laughs) uh, Yeah, that is funny. Um, That's very funny. Well, we got to laugh out of that. Yeah. A fun thought. Part one. How would the world operate differently if human shit with the same force that we sneeze? <laughs> oh my God. I Part love that two. these are the questions. Like all the questions I got are like, how do you deal with trauma? How do you deal with grief? Well, and you're getting these. Big dick, big boobs. What if in addition to the same force, we also shit in the same unexpectedness that we sneeze? <laughs> how would our work social space change? What kind of different materials reinforce Velcro for diapers would we have invented? Would humankind have survived without extinction from fecal transmitted disease? <laughs> Love everything you do. Thanks for being you. <laughs> that is a great little thought experiment. Yeah. It's very Terrence McKenna. He's like, isn't it funny that our pinkies fit perfectly in our nostrils and mm. all this stuff? Mm-hmm. And that we don't poop as unexpectedly as we sneeze. Like, we're back to where we started. The design of the universe. And there's, uh, certainly there's an evolutionary fecal disease, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. but sneezes are okay. Like that was as gross and yeah. as random it could be yeah. without jeopardizing the whole operation. Right. But poop would be too much. If like I sneeze, did I sneeze during this podcast? Maybe. I mean, I do all I the time. Imagine constantly. I'd be, would all be wearing like, like cranberry bog waiters, like mm. those rubber overalls. <laughs> Oh, I mean, picture the Oscars. There's Denzel Washington. He looks great, but he's wearing poop waiters. But it also, it wouldn't, there wouldn't be no a one would stigma mind. about it. Yeah, it a would be like, mind. bless you. Exactly. <laughs> and would you still say bless you? Would there still be a belief that your soul... See, no one thinks when you poop, it's your soul. A sneeze is so invisible. We're like, bless you. May your soul re-enter your body. But a poop, you're like, well, that was just shit. <laughs> I can, I can see it. I can smell it. Get it out of here. (laughs) So I think your question was an answer. It was, let's all think about that. Let's think about rubber waiters and let's all be grateful that we live in a yearning, self-desiring system that had the beauty to have mothers, bodies care for their children over Mm -hmm. themselves and also had the grace, the unearned gift that we don't just erupt with particle spattering (laughs) shit sneezes there's so much to be grateful for put that in your gratitude (laughs) journal and delete it (laughs) um well great all right (laughs) all right mother mother um keep it crispy Ooh, that was cool I've never heard you do that before. I've never done it before. (laughs) 